Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to share our podcast has been nominated in Boise Weekly's annual Best of Boise contest. And while it's an honor to be nominated, I have to admit it would be even more fun to win. If we've helped you connect to the city you love, go to the link in the show notes to vote for us by May 23rd. Thanks, Boise. Today on CityCast Boise, revisiting our interview with the mayor, the Union Block building downtown is really going through it, and finally, a push to preserve Boise's music history. Executive producer Frankie Barnhill is here to walk me through everything. It's Friday, February 2nd. I'm Nick Kwa, and this is what Boise's talking about. Happy end of the week, Frankie. How you doing? Happy Friday. I'm good. I mean, Boise, what what the hell with this weather this week, though, right? I mean, like, I think it was like bikini weather on Wednesday. I don't know. Yes. yes. I was a little disappointed. I tried to sort of skip out of work early uh, and like go for a drink like outdoors or something. But um, the clouds came back by uh, four o'clock. It, you were foiled. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. My, my understanding is that there was some uh, record breaking happening this week. Is that yeah. what you found? Yeah. And like it was 66 degrees on Wednesday, I think was the and it was a record uh, compared to some date the 50s. Um, and then, but the biggest thing to me is just looking back at January and yay, February, we're here, is the month of extremes, right? Like <laughs> more than 20 inches of snow that yep. one week and then well below freezing temps. And then all of a sudden this past week, Boise, yeah, bikini weather once again. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, don't, I you know, I don't want to do the thing where it's like, oh, the, the top of every conversation is about the weather. But like, <laughs> seriously, this feels like a, I mean, it's like a very big story. I, I don't know. Well, it feels yeah. like we're accumulating debt for the summer a little bit. For sure, for sure. And yeah, let's not get into climate anxiety territory because that's obviously where I want to go all the time. But um, yeah, it's it's a little interesting. I did look up snowpack because mm-hmm. I just wanted to see. And um, for the region, we are below normal, but not as bad as other other years. So that like, is what I've heard, which is a little surprising to hear. Yeah, th- that big snow, you know, helped a little bit, but um, we're still uh, uh, yeah below normal overall. The Boise Basin specifically is around eighty percent of normal, mm-hmm. so it's much worse the further north you go. So. North Idaho's looking rough, for oh, sure. Man, wow. Um, well, in any case, like, it seems like we're back to kind of gloom and doom <laughs> at this <Yeah. laughs> corner of the week. And, you know, I hope you listening out there that you managed to get uh, a ran out in the sun at some point. Yes. Um, so let's let's go to the first thing I want to talk about. Like, I um, I listened in on the, on the interview that you had with the, that you and Blake had with the mayor earlier this week. Um, that was the, your first sit down, uh, the mayor's yes. first sit down on City Guest Boise? Yes, we were so excited and we had so many questions. It was our longest episode ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we just had so much we wanted to cover with her. I mean... Mm Uh, obviously looking back at uh, the the election results, but really we were like, what's next? Let's look to the future. What right. are you really going to do with this, you know, uh, 55% voters behind you? Mm-hmm. Now what? And these different different things that she's been focusing on for years, but like, okay, what's the 2024 version of that, of right. housing, of climate change work, of, uh, you know, initiatives around like parks and libraries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we covered a lot. <laughs> It's 55% of voters, plus, like, just basically the clean sweep of the city council uh, for yes. all the slate. And so, yep. um, you know, the 
my understanding of like the mayor's first term was that it was like defined in large part by the pandemic. And now totally. like, we we don't have that, hopefully. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like it's really interesting to think about the next four years because we are, you know, it feels like we are much like the rest of the country and the other world, like in a various forms of overlapping crises. And mm-hmm. you did cover, you and Blake did cover a lot of ground in an interview. But could you walk me through like the main beats that stood out to you from that conversation? Yeah, I do want to say the one of the f- things that really stands out that Blake asked the mayor about that was a really good question. So, you know, this whole tension between obviously blue, blue dot and the Red Sea mm-hmm. of Idaho, um, the tension between the city and the, the state around culture war issues, around all mm-hmm. kinds of uh, topics. Uh, one of the things that Blake asked about was, you know, the mayor put forth a resolution and the city council passed it after Roe v. Wade fell to basically deprioritize investigation and enforcement of the abortion Mm -hmm. bans. Um, So basically, like, you know, BPD is not going to be out there uh, prioritizing this in in some big way. So Blake asked another culture war law passed by the Republicans at the Statehouse was the ban on gender affirming care for minors from last year. Mm -hmm. It's held up in court right now. It's not technically it's not in place at the moment. But, you know, it also targets doctors and providers, similar to the abortion laws or Mm -hmm. some of them, abortion bans. And so Blake asked, what about this one? Would you maybe, you know, consider deprioritizing enforcement of this if it goes into effect? And Mm -hmm. yeah, she kind of stopped and said, I'm so glad you asked this question. And she seemed like genuinely curious and also a little bit like surprised maybe or just like, oh, I'm really thinking about this Mm -hmm. in the moment. And she said that, quote, it's not one it's not like a topic that residents have brought to me, but that she's going to think about it. So that was interesting. And it also it is sort of a slowly escalating issue uh, in a sense, because I believe that's another bill moving through state legislation um, that like yeah. it's moving to, quote unquote, define the sexes. And again, it is like just this sort of red meat on the fire kind of move from uh, the other Republican Party. And so it feels like that um, sort of it, it kind of raises all these questions about the city's like position and the city's um, means to kind of protect itself and and it, it basically uh, define itself in 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 contrast to the state a little bit. And so totally. I'm, I'm glad at Blake asked that question. Yeah, and we linger just in general on like how what is the relationship with between the city and the state? It's not mm-hmm. good on yeah. a lot of on a lot of levels. Um, and you know. I think that so we're going to keep following that and ask her what she thinks about this issue in a few months and especially as that court case is pending. But, yeah, that that bill in the House, uh, just to note the one that you're mentioning, where basically it's like, uh, I don't know, are they into linguistics now? I don't get it. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to define this. And, you know, in, in all seriousness, it's like kind of erasure of uh, non-binary and trans folks because of this question of like, well, sex and gender, it's the same thing. No, it's not. And yeah, of all the, I think 15 people I read in Idaho Capital Sun testified on the bill. They were all against it in the public mm-hmm. hearing and Republicans passed it out. A committee goes to the full house. So another issue that Boiseans, you know, have uh, strong feelings about and largely, you know, I think in opposition to something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that stood out to you, to you for that conversation? I mean, we, yeah. you talked a lot on the new zoning policy and, and housing affordability. And also sort of interested totally. that the fact that, I mean, it's it's the biggest story yeah. for the city right now. Yeah, you've pointed this out, like, you know, the zoning code rewrite that it's now a few months in. And so we were kind of like, OK, it's it's still early. We get it. But what has changed? What is changing? What about this zoning code that's supposed to really hopefully make housing more affordable for everyone? Um, what can we point to already uh, and see like it's working or it could be working? And, you know, it's 
she, you know, mentioned, of course, it's the market-based approach, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, creating the opportunities for developers to submit plans for denser housing. She did say, though, that there have been a kind of this pent-up demand uh, once the zoning code was in, uh, put in place. Now there is some um, new energy in the development tracker that is a public website, by the way. Anybody mm-hmm. can look this up, uh, of development plans that have been put forth. So, you know, they have to go through multiple steps. Things haven't been approved, but we were talking about some different examples. And one she threw out was this uh, application for this spot on 13th Street, right across from Camel's Back, basically. The good old North End. Exactly, good old North End. <laughs> and it would be like, you know, ground floor, like a cafe or coffee shop or something. And then above floor would be apartments. And it's yeah. like, oh, that sounds so great. That's so cool. And then it's like, well, it's in the North End, though. Like all these, you know, how do we get this to happen in the West, in West Boise or, right. you know, in the far ends of the bench? Um, how do we, is there appetite for it? Those are kind of questions that, you know, we want to keep chewing on and looking at as these things come through. Gosh, and our fans is becoming its own little city in some ways. It's, it's it, Every time I go up there, it's like, wow, it feels so different out here compared to the rest of the city. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yep, yep. Yeah, and of course, I mean, it's important to contextualize, like, like there are systems upon systems at play here. Uh, neighborhood associations play a huge role. Narfan has a particularly strong one uh, up there. And so, yeah, the development tracker is such a great resource because if you are um, sort of, you know, if you care about like <laughs> housing affordability and mm-hmm. and how things are moving in terms of development and opening up new space and for residential and commercial um, sort of opportunities, like you, you know, you should pay some attention to that development tracker. It's kind of fun to kind of sift through and think through sometimes too. Totally, yeah. We'll throw it in the show notes for this, but it definitely um, and and yeah, go listen to the full conversation with mm-hmm. Mary McLean. There was a lot in there. We are already working on scheduling her for another chat sometime in the next few months. She, uh, yeah, we had a great time talking with her and. Uh, asking her tough questions, and she seemed to enjoy it too. So we hope to keep keep the conversation going. One more question before we move on from this: Were there any kind of threads or beats or, or questions that you were you're hoping to figure out, uh, find out more about, but like yeah. for whatever we couldn't? Yeah, I mean, one big topic we didn't like exclusively talk about was climate change and checking in on her big goals and strategies mm-hmm. around that. Carbon neutral by 2050, I believe that's the big sign downtown. Yep, exactly. Uh, 2050, it's coming around the corner, I think, uh, <laughs> truly. Um, so I think that like just really drilling down on that a little bit more and then... We are going to do kind of a, a little bit of an exclusive in our Hey Boise newsletter sometime soon. We did talk with her briefly, um, but had to cut it for time in our podcast. Once again, it was uh, the longest episode we've ever published about walkability, especially when it comes to parks, that this is a mm. big goal of hers to have every kid in the city be able to walk safely, safely, keyword, mm-hmm. um, to a park within 10 minutes is the big goal. So. Uh, talking about these big stretch goals and how to actually get there. I want to fill in the gaps there a little bit more. Yeah, we do love parks. Yes, we do. Alrighty, so another story that caught my eye this week is a story about the Union Block building downtown being uh, condemned. Uh, there's now a huge uh, <laughs> row, as the British people would say, between uh, the building <laughs> owner, Ken Howell, uh, and the city over that classification of it being condemned. Uh, Frankie, what's the story here? The latest news is that this week when the city council met, they unanimously decided to keep the union 
block building on Main Street closed, denying the appeal from owner Ken Howell, as you said. Um, but yeah, this is just the latest iteration. And uh, folks, you know, might best know this building is where Moon's Kitchen Diner mm-hmm. was, Mai Tai was. It's also where the Rose Room was. So uh, if you were around in like 2015, 2016, 2017, I think is when it switched over to Balsam Brands. Um, that was where a lot of shows happened. And I have this memory of a very raucous magic sword show at Tree Fort in like 2015 <laughs> that kind of makes my palms sweaty thinking about it. Now I'm reading about these stories. But anyway, um, the but but really, it was like 2018 when uh, the building switch, when Ken Howell and uh, developers looked into um, excavating the basement mm-hmm. to build it out more. And so... You know, this is a building that was built in 1902. It's one of Boise's oldest buildings. And so mm-hmm. there was, you know, all these supportive structures, whatever, hold, you know, keeping the building structurally sound while they were doing this excavation work. And it seems like that's what the city was mostly, is mostly focused on, these structural concerns mm-hmm. after years of this excavation in the basement um, to build this new this new area out. Yeah, you know, and 2018 was when it started. I remember first hearing about it around 2019 when I think it was a story about uh, two people on an e-scooter uh, oh, yeah. like, fell into a hole in the alley behind the, behind the building. Yeah, and then they later filed a claim against ACHD and the city. And it's, it's just sort of, and I suppose the pandemic kind of dragged that process out a little bit. It feels like a very difficult situation. Totally. Yeah, very difficult and I just think about Boise in general and downtown, like there aren't there are down there are historic buildings in downtown. Absolutely. But I think as compared, I mean, this is tough, but as compared to other similarly sized cities, I feel like once I visited, it's it's a little bit less. And I feel like it's that speaks to how difficult it is to find uses for old buildings, to maintain them, to update them. It's on the historic register of places, Mm -hmm. the Union Block building. Um, And so many buildings in downtown were neglected for decades, like the 70s, the 80s. You know, downtown was like a ghost town, as I understand it. I wasn't around then, but um, that's how I understand it. And, you know, when now in the last couple decades, obviously, there's been this focus on bringing things back to downtown and having Mm -hmm. this major revitalization. But I don't know. I feel like the Union Block building might be kind of an example of like how challenging this is. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you got to tie together the story of the growth of the city, right? Like, totally. Even when I first started coming to Boise uh, with my wife, who's from here, downtown um, it was just super quiet mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little scary sometimes when I walk around <laughs> as a person of color back then. Um, uh, and so, yeah. it, it, I think in particular, you know, I think we sort of brought, you know, the, the sort of general strokes of the story, and like the pandemic caused uh, a lot of inflow migration uh, for for a multitude of reasons. And suddenly, I think in a blink of an eye, you know, you had to start asking a question about downtown, like, is there parking? <laughs> right. <laughs> or do you yeah. want to go for dinner? Which is not a question people used to ask five years ago. And and do I need a reservation to get, to get into dinner? Yeah, 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 it turns totally. out you, you do. <laughs> yeah, more and, and more. And so it's interesting because, you know, I, I remember reading stories about um, these buildings, like, I think the Idenha had an mm. elevator that simply didn't work for a couple of years. Yes. And, and that was like not as much of an issue because use wasn't that exhaustive as the sort of wear and tear of the buildings kind of experience in the wake of a lot more people just simply using them and a lot more foot traffic. Like building safety, it feels like the primary theme coming out of 
of, of, the, of the story of any of these sort of major buildings downtown. It almost in tension with the, the notion of historic preservation. Yeah, safety plus use. Like, what is the modern use for this space that wasn't meant for these, you know, the kinds of things that we're using downtown buildings for these days? Um, mm-hmm. I do think, you know, a little bit further uh, west of downtown, on the western side of the downtown a little bit on on Main Street, I guess, if we go down that way, I'd say the best example of how to do it right, but also <laughs> how ambitious you have to be, how much you have to right. fight to make it happen, is the Avery Building, right? Which, of course, uh, just just opened recently and is probably, I would say, is the most ambitious thing in downtown Boise that's happened. Uh, you know, taking the building that was, I think, built in 1910, so same era as Union Block Building, um, and... But then went through many, many years of disuse, disrepair, the blues bouquet, anybody, mm-hmm. uh, all of that. And now um, it's this absolutely stunning uh, restaurant in the front, bar in the back, and then a boutique hotel upstairs, which is kind of returning it to what it was. But, you know, we talked with one of the co-owners, Cal Elliott, who Michelin stars chef, you know, a Boise, Boise guy who moved away to New York, made a big name for himself and came back and decided this is the project. Like everybody's telling me no, but we're going to do it with his wife and developer um, Michael Hormashea. They they made it happen, but it sounded like it was pretty, there were a lot of no's along the way. First of all, like uh, development work, construction work, <laughs> build, building rehabilitation, these are massive, massive, spendy infrastructure projects, yes. right? So you yep. need a lot of financial backers, you need a lot of time, you need a lot of like gumption to work through the bureaucracy and then the sort of overlapping like processes you do in place to get in uh, construction, to get <laughs> to yeah. get everything done. Uh, I, you know, tip my hat to anybody who has like the the appetite for it, in particular if you're, um, if, if, if you're taking on uh, like a historic building. Exactly. What's striking to me about this moment in time, it feels like we're in the middle of a generational change when it comes to thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship between um, buildings of Boise and also the development community. It, it, like Ken Hall has been around for a very long time and he, he he manages and he has preserved a lot of the other buildings, uh, historic buildings downtown. He's been invested in, yeah, the preservation of it for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it feels like, you know, with, with um, the folks over at Avery, like, it, it sounds like there is kind of new blood on the scene a little bit. <laughs> totally, totally. That's such a good point, Nick. Yeah, yeah, that that distinction is very real, I think. And, and yeah, just uh, we'll link to the longer conversation with Cal Elliott, but he just had some interesting things to say. It was fascinating, again, hearing his perspective as someone who grew up in Boise, so understands the culture moved away and then came back and, you know, when he was trying to do things and was getting no's and people saying, that's not possible. He's saying, yes, it is. <laughs> you guys just haven't done it before. It's definitely possible. Let's figure it out. Um, but that attitude, I mean, it sounded, I mean, it took many years for the Avery to become what it is. It's obviously still very new, so we don't know the long-term uh, sustainability of it. But, um, you know, so far people have been pretty excited about it, it seems. Yeah, but somebody's got to try and somebody's got to do it. Totally. Speaking of preservation, how's that for a segue? Ooh. A a little story came up from the BSU newsletter went around. uh, I think they sent out dispatches every once in a while. Yeah. uh, That that caught my eye. So filed is under the uh, category of local music preservation. So (laughs) the the Record Exchange, which is, you know, that our beloved, beloved institution in downtown Boise. What uh, icon. now being overshadowed by what looks like it's going to be the tallest building in Boise, which is very scary. Yeah. So they're collaborating with Boise State University's Special Collections and Archives um, sort of division over at the Albert Library to basically build out an archive of mm-hmm. the store's history and like the local slash like Idaho wide music scene. So essentially, we're talking about like considering the record exchange as 
the sort of site of local music uh, preservation. And so they're, they're collaborating in a couple of different ways. They're, they're hoping to to highlight and, and preserve local mu- music history through the lens of of the record exchange. And I just want to shout out the, the person who is leading this initiative, uh, Coralie Oxley, who is a current senior at Boise State University, <laughs> an <laughs> Idaho resident. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this project. <laughs> I know, I know. And just how cool the record exchange just being this place uh, for decades now that people have come to rely on for indie music, for, yeah, just being a place to convene and nerd out about music. And then this latest project and iteration, what a great combo. I also think, you know, the record exchange um, fairly recently went through new ownerships. A bunch mm-hmm. of the employees, longtime employees got together to buy it from the original That's owners. right. Build out that worker co-op. Yes, love that. yes, we love it. Um, and so just how cool that they're like continuing to just find new ways to collaborate in the community around music. And yeah, I mean, you and I, we love the music scene in Boise. So there's... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also want to flag that Oxley, I'm just reading here that she she's a former employee of the Record Exchange. So Which is perfect. Ag- again, yeah. this sort of yeah. notion of the people there really kind of taking charge of the institution. You know, Boise music scene, Idaho's music scene, quietly influential. Can we make that argument? Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, I think so. I think absolutely. I mean, yeah, if we didn't even just, you know, the two that popped to mind, obviously, Built to Spill, right. Youth Lagoon. Right. Our, um, our buddy Trevor out there. I know. I know. And, uh, you know, Doug Marsh holding it down for decades. Right. And, I mean, Eileen Jewell's a big Idaho gem. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And there's, there's so many. And then there's so many up and coming and emerging artists that to be honest, like, oh my gosh, you're in a different generation than I am, and I need to keep up with it better, <laughs> um, and and you know really pay attention to who's coming up. But there, it just it does seem like it's in no way slowing down. It's it's just getting better and better. And uh, now there's more venues and more options of places to perform and test things out, and it's exciting. Absolutely, and you know, I always kind of feel like you don't, you can't really have a scene, a quote-unquote scene, without a sense of history, right? Like you... Totally. For whatever reason, we seem to remember a lot about the indie uh, music scene in New <laughs> oh York in the 2000s because yes. everybody wrote about it. <laughs> yep, yep. And so, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to, to be able to, you know, in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, just have an understanding and, a, and, a, and an accounting of the people who came from here, who moved through here, um, mm-hmm. who who took in inspirations from the place and, and helped each other and learned from each other and influenced each other's music. That's really, you know, a wonderful thing to get down on paper or, I don't know, a website, digital, what, yeah. you know, whatever we use to read things in the future or consume things in the future. So I'm sure. happy about this. Very happy. I do think about like, you know, just a side note, you know, Pitchfork, RIP. Mm. And I think about, you know, music journalism as a thing that's just changing so much and is kind of scary to think about it because I'm I'm an oldie who, yeah, read Pitchfork, right? I but know. like, <laughs> yeah. clearly, uh, yeah, it's, it's all yeah. over. And I just yeah. wonder, like, you know, thinking about a, a project like this and what it can do to fill in the gaps a little bit um, when, yeah, this isn't a focus of, of uh, journalism right now, unfortunately, or, um, you know, it's not a moneymaker, sadly. And so and so much of it is driven by that. And so uh, anyway, it's cool that they're, yeah, they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, this. that's such a good point. I mean, cultural journalism, criticism in particular, cultural journalism more yeah. broadly, like, you know, it's on the, a little bit on the ropes, right? We're going through, you know, na- nationally, internationally, this this decimation of media businesses, and which which really means the def, the decimation of um, 
you know, historical preservation in, mm-hmm. in, in some senses. And like, mm-hmm. listen, my day job, I'm a critic of my day job. And yeah, this is like, your thing. Yeah, yeah we're, we're yeah. a dying yeah. species, honestly. And so, you know, to see this coming out of BSU, essentially, you know, a university, right? Something, uh, an institution that that should transcend yes. market yes. incentives, <laughs> being a part of this project and, and you know, backing this project, um, it's really important. And it's a wonderful thing that this is happening. So I just want to flag that, um, you know, there is a call to action associated with this initiative. Um, I'm reading here that sort of musicians based in Idaho or with ties to the state, greater Treasure Valley, et cetera, et cetera. They're encouraged to submit your music to this project. You know, it can be a digital file. It can be uh, an analog file <laughs> or analog uh, recording. Um, and, you know, the thing about historical preservation projects is that you need to get the pieces of history. So if you are a musician or if you know a musician who's uh, connected to Boise, Idaho, you should check this, uh, check this project out. I think, you know, everybody needs to be a part of this, I think. Yeah, we'll put a link with the info on how to get in touch in the show notes. Awesome. Well, Frankie, thanks so much for taking the time to walk me through uh, the week, this this very strange and hot, now rainy week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoy. I guess don't wear your bikini out this weekend. But yeah, uh, thanks, Nick. This was great. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my bikini in the closet. <laughs> yeah. That's all for today here on Sidcast Boise. The show was produced by Evelyn Avitia, Frankie Barnhill, Dylan Brogan, and Grant Irving, and me, Nick Kwok. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. See ya.